Adam Screech, it's Ray Free Topag, and I'm Andre. Once again, we're just doing different shit. We're it's just going to, nobody, like, you're not going to go. It's me, Donovan. You're not going to come with me at all on Broom Street. It's me, Donovan. <laughs> well, that's the car pulling up, and then who gets out? James Bonovan. No, I got out when the police arrived from my accident, is what I did. Oh, I got in a car accident. I'm okay. Forgot, I'm not hurt. I forgot about that. I forgot Nothing's about that. hurt. Nobody's hurt. Well, I shouldn't say no thing is hurt, because my car's hurt very bad. Audrey's got a um, telephone pole stuck in her head. That's me. Can't turn your head. You're going to knock the mic over. Yep. And these are some of the problems you face when you've got a 15-foot telephone pole lodged in your head. I think they're taller than 15 feet. How high Something is like a telephone that. pole? Well, let's, let's fucking Google it. Let's start this episode off with a little discussion. A How high pole. is a telephone pole? 30 to 80 feet. Yeah, I'm seeing 30 to 80 feet here. And so that's way... More than I was expecting. I was describing a sort of, uh, you know how there's like a pygmy sperm whale or a dwarf sperm whale? This is, is it like dwarf a dwarf sperm whale? That's gnarly. Okay, you got to Google dwarf sperm whale. Here at the Googling top of the show, dwarf we're, we're talking sperm about whale. We're talking about telephone pole. Yo! Heights. They're so cute. Look at that little fucker. Little guy. So, we Coglasima. Yeah, a little co Kogi, temperate uh, and tropical oceans, more more a lot cuter than the very cold water deep ocean going sperm huge whale. sperm whale. These guys are just they're just little guys. You could pick one of them up. Yeah, listener, genuinely look that up if you want to talk some Dono's animal facts corner. Pygmy and dwarf sperm whales, very cute, very weird. Did not know they existed until a couple years ago. One of the many. Many critters that Joe Biden doesn't want you to know about and the mainstream media refuses to report on. Welcome Where are back you to today? The show. What's happening? <laughs> what is this? I'm so tired. I'm having a, we've got a lot going on this week. I got a bunch of work stuff. I had a dress rehearsal yesterday. I'm performing my scene and my monologue tomorrow. And, uh, and so I'm just, I'm running a little ragged. I'm doing a that's, lot of stuff at once. That's, I see. That's why you gave... No energy to the fact that I was in a car accident on the show. Showed no concern at all. Like you didn't well, we texted. Well, we texted about it. You but said we're telling the people. <laughs> we're doing a program. We're giving them the thing. Well, they can chime in if they got any questions. Head on over to rftb.me or our social media. At what? <laughs> Click on the ask your question. What? Is you that the conceit of account. the show? <laughs> you know, Is that the conceit of the show now? <laughs> you don't have to make an account. You just type, you get, get that text box, and you say, Audrey, what happened in the car accident? This is very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> this is extremely frustrating to me. I'm so tired. Well, yeah, you're, you're all right? Yeah, everything's cool. I just, you know, I kind of wanted to tell a story or whatever. Okay, what happened? Okay, so uh, I'm going to make a left. On Kenwood Road. Local jokes get you local work. But I'm looking to make a left. And I look up and I see somebody coming from the right. And I'm like, well, if I go, I'm good. That direction. And I glance over to my left. And somebody is taking, is like preparing to make a right. Sure. So I, okay, I'll go ahead and take my left while he's making his right. Everything will be great. It all happened just a shade too quickly. 
Ooh. And I ended up uh, left my left front corner panel collided with the right front corner panel of the GMC Jimmy, the James, if you will. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I was able to like pull the car away and pull off to the side and call the emergency services and be like, I was just in an accident. I don't know how any of this works. Yeah. Like, I ah, will send some pigs. And I go, OK, cool. And uh, I uh, they go, it looks like you could drive it, maybe, except this is kind of cutting into the wheel well. You don't want to shred your tire. I go, OK, yeah, sure. Thanks. Sure. So I had a toad. So I had to pay to get out of the impound lot. And this is funny. It's a funny story. Uh, I don't know how anything works. So yeah. you're supposed to if you have a loan on your car, as I do, as many people do, you should carry collision insurance. You don't have insurance. I had liability. So uh, other guys covered from my insurance company. I was not covered. Uh, <laughs> so this all has to come out of pocket because I'm stupid. Uh, that's not ideal. No. So we're going to fix that situation for one thing in case it happens again. You have to pay um, to get out of the impound lot if if they if you tell them to tow it, if they tow it on purpose. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. This Storage is, fees. Are you, oh my god because they had a car sitting on their lot that they didn't necessarily want to have sitting on their lot uh, and then they have they have your key so then they go give fucking, money to me then we'll give you your racket. key back fucking racket Hate yeah it sucks shit. it sucks well, would have been well, reimbursed by my insurance company if i had had the right kind of insurance yeah. i blame my upbringing yeah, I think I'm were, stupid because nobody taught me anything. It was forbidden to talk about insurance in the Bram household. Or at least, you know, when I go to buy a car, you should say, hey, when you get insurance, you have to get collision because then that will cover insurance. Oh, well, fine. I will do that then instead of get the cheapest insurance you can find. Yeah, that's not all. Good. I did that. I sure did that. Father. <laughs> so now He's on blast. So now I'm in a pickle. Uh, look for probably a GoFundMe link in the episode description to this to help me pay for my whip again more. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. Whip Trubs. And that's the title of the episode, Whip Trubs. See, that only took like two minutes for me to tell the story. You could have given me anything at the beginning and then we could have just got that out of the way and moved on. But now I have to make a thing about it. Well, there were pressing issues, Audrey. I had to like, for example, telephone. <laughs> I had to discuss the James Bond. I had to discuss telephone poles, and I had to discuss Kogia, the species of sperm whale that are tiny. And you should look them up. They're as small as a sperm. This is a. <laughs> when you ejaculate millions of tiny uh, whales, whales. exit your penis. You see, like a tiny, what do they call it? A spout when they do the blowhole. Yeah. The, you see, just. Water spouts coming out of your splooge and the, in what the if, tissue. What if instead of millions of tiny sperm, you just ejaculated one big sperm? <laughs> it's like the size of a dog. And just fucking like across the floor. And it's firing off. Yeah, it's beached. You got to keep spraying <laughs> it with water so it doesn't dry out. You got to get a helicopter to come scoop it up. Take it back to the ocean where it belongs. <laughs> come belongs in the ocean, folks. <laughs> There's the episode title. Come belongs in the ocean. I mean, there is come in the ocean. There's also cake by the ocean. Smash the ocean, cake by the ocean. That's an alright song. It's a musical episode today.
<laughs> we That's had up too on the recording. That's good. That's beautiful. We had a guest schedule, but due to a mix-up at the guest scheduling schedule factory, factory we uh, we rescheduled them. So keep keep eye out in the future. We're going to be blasting through the backlog once again. Yep, more uh, more more often than quarterly, apparently. But we're going through some backlog more. Yeah, and we love that. And we're doing a special episode on you know whales and telephone poles, things of that nature. The yeah. kind of stuff that the the listeners really crave. Yeah, you know and I'm that saying? the liberal media just won't cover. They will not cover it. Are we so, technically the lip? No, we're the leftist media. We're the left media. We're the we're the gay ass media. Yeah, we're the very aggressively media. gay and trans and antinatal and yeah. Yeah. yeah, we yeah we don't like we don't like Nates here. No, anti, Nate anti Silver, needle. get the fuck out of here. Yeah, uh, and Nate Front. It was yeah. a fluke that we let you on. <laughs> <laughs> and Nate Dog. It's like a no. Nah, he did regulators. He can come on. Nate Dog is allowed to come on. Bump 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 bump. Yeah, it's kind of like I don't even have any. I don't even have any updates. I'm just like I'm just like tired. And just shit. dead. You just been doing too much. You really doing the most lately, and that's a lot. Yeah, but this is the last, after this performance. I'm done with this class for a stretch. Just to, and it's been really good. The dress rehearsal went great. I'm sure. They said I really, I really brought it on the monologue. I was, I. I was high energy on that thing. It's so fun to do. So that was cool, and my sisters are gonna come to see me perform. It makes me happy. Oh, it's good. That's pretty rocking. I'm excited for you. And then I got a three day weekend, and I'm gonna chill the fuck out. But I'm also gonna go to Smart Bar, and I'm gonna dance for many, many hours. That's so smart. Bar. Bar. (laughs) Yeah, they're doing a smart bar. Go go for it. Smart no, bar please. sounds like an energy bar. Go ahead. <laughs> sounds like it's full of protein. Uh, they're doing an all 007 theme set. Truly don't know how that entered my brain. I'm trying to. I didn't even do that part. The like the the kind of bassy guitar riff. The kind of trapped out part with the fucking. Yeah, that shit's so sick. It rocks. Shouts out to awesome. I believe it was Yes I Am a Fish posted that. Yeah, shouts out to James Inflatable Bond. Dream rather. Shouts to Inflatable Dream. But also shouts out to Yes I Am a Fish. You're yeah. pretty cool. You're pretty neat. We like you. We're fans. You ever watch James Bond movies growing up? I was saw, that a thing for you? I saw on my very first like date that was like, I am going to a place with a girl to do a thing. Uh, yeah. We went and saw um, the one after Goldeneye, the uh, the second um, Pierce Brosnan. Goldeneye James was a Pierce movie. Brosnan one? Yeah. Wait, there's also Goldfinger, and that's older. Yeah. And they kind of got lazy, and they were like, uh, what other body part could be gold? How about an eyeball? Yeah, Let's Goldeneye came out in 95. Another multi-million dollar check. James yep. Bond... Years, Brosnan movies. Pretty cool. Damn, what's he up it to? It was, uh, I believe it was, was it The World Is Not Enough? Is that the one that I saw? Yeah, 99. No, 99's maybe a little young. Maybe Die Another Day. That's the one, because I remember Halle Berry was in it. 
and I had uh, good feelings in my tummy and wiener when I was watching uh, uh, her do her thing sitting next to a pretty girl. So. Halle Berry. Isn't there a song they say that? They say like Halle Berry. I know there's one where they go Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. Maybe there's that too. Hannah Montana and a Panamera. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. I watched them growing up because my uh, my fake Scottish uncle had all of the James Bond movies. I have a fake Scottish. He's my. He's not. He is really Scottish. He's just not actually my uncle. Okay. okay. He's one of my dad's friends who would like uh, babysit us when my parents went on trips. And, Come and on, Sonny. Like we're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go friends. down to the drive-through. <laughs> we're gonna watch Double O Seven. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna watch Shrek. <laughs> We're gonna watch any Mike Myers movie you'd like. <laughs> he actually got in some hot water because my parents like went out of the country or something for a week and he watched us. And it's me and my three sisters. And he instituted the system. There was like our four portraits going up the steps, and each day he would arrange them in order of who was behaving the best. <laughs> We got really mad and we're like fighting about it. And I think I was on oh. the bottom for like the majority of the time. Oh, this guy rocks. <laughs> and it created Shouts so much out. it created so much strife that my parents were like, you can't do that again. You can't do that. That sucks. <laughs> it made the children rowdy and, and upset. <laughs> they keep calling us. We're on vacation and they keep calling us and saying <laughs> Uncle Braveheart, but it's in a bad order. I should be number one. Oh, good. Braveheart was the only Scottish thing I could pull in that moment. Uncle Glasgow, that's better. Uh, Uncle Uncle Kilt, <laughs> Uncle uh, Haggis. Oh, Uncle, Uncle Haggis. Haggis is good. Uncle Haggis, sweet, sweet Uncle Haggis, sweet Uncle Haggis. Yes, I watched some of them, but I didn't get like a fun feeling in my tummy. I got a Catholic guilt feeling because there's sexy ladies, yeah. and I was mm-hmm. like. This is this is bad. I'm going to hell for looking at these sweet, sweet honeys. Yeah. And so it freaked me out. I suppose the idea was that me at 14 and my 14-year-old date were supposed to be like she was supposed to be turned on by Pierce Brosnan and I was supposed to be turned on by uh, Ellie Berry. Like, what's the utility of going to a movie like that when you're 14? Yeah. Well, to see some cool stunts and stuff, yeah. uh, I guess, and have much to discuss after the after the film, and to hold hands in the car on the way yeah. to and from. Yeah. Uh, damn, I don't think I ever went to any of those on like a date. I don't think I even saw any of them in the theater. Maybe like whatever the one where Daniel Craig gets hit in the balls. I think I saw the that first one. Casino Royale. I believe Cas- Casino Royale. Casino Royale. A beautiful film. A beautiful film. He did life is beautiful. That's that might be true. I don't like I have no idea. Roberto Benini did life is beautiful. I remember this. Um it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> as you almost certainly <laughs> gleaned from this intro that has been everywhere and done everything. There's been bitter recriminations. There's been uh, <laughs> some hostility on my part. Pierce some uh, Scottish uncles. Scotch uncle. Like a Scotch egg. But like a Scotch, Scotch egg, uncle. but it's a Scotch uncle. Absolutely. Like there's a Dutch baby. It's not unheard of for a food dish to be called like a nationality and then a type of human. Maybe Scotch that's... Uncle. 
Maybe that's why all the QAnon people got confused, is that rich people eat Dutch babies, and so they're like, no, they eat babies. Uh, yeah, no, they're Dutch. Don't worry. Don't worry. Not, a, <laughs> not actually a problem. <laughs> you Come on. None of us like them. You know it. Can't, uh, this is an anti-Dutch podcast. Uh, I mean, I like Scandies. They're okay. Except for the Dutch. Except for the Dutch. Um, Past yeah, the so Dutchie. On the left-hand side. The left-hand side. This is all over the place because it's Valentine's Day and we're we're not doing anything. This no. is our Valentine's Day. Yeah. You're my we're Valentine, here. Donovan. You're my Valentine. And that's why we're bickering on the main feed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like things got really fucked up on the way to the restaurant and like yeah. miss our GPS. And... You were supposed to, supposed to get a reservation at Zencaster. We've been waiting <laughs> for an hour to get in here. <laughs> Are you doing anything with Corla? Did you, you give her like a call or anything? We are recording data transfer a little that's later. Romantic. And that's, that's that I think is going to be more pointedly Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, except for uh, uh, somebody else that she's uh, uh, dating is going to be on the show as well. So she gets to have two Valentines on the program. Jesus Christ. Save some Valentines for the rest of us. Come Seriously, on. Seriously, Corla, come on. Uh, with a third yeah. Valentine in the room as well she has the live-in partner and another partner nearby who's coming over to record on valentine's day so a lot of love in her life at least one percent of the trans girlies have 99 percent of, of the, the valentines <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not doing shit yeah. i'm just kind of trying to ignore that that's what day it is i am like seeing a couple people but uh nothing sure. to the degree that i think we that would be you doing would valentine's yeah. stuff and I, I don't know i don't love this holiday uh it is a delightful reminder that i was in a relationship at this time last year sure. without the knowledge that uh things would fall apart not that long after mm -hmm. uh, so i'm just trying not to think about any of that this year i i had dono dinner i had solo i took myself out for valentine's dinner that's I, a great move actually on valentine's day when you're on your lonesome it was rocking. I was just really hungry after work, too. I went to a different place nearby. I got a burg. I got a Caesar salad. It had fried capers on it, which was Damn. very strange. But it did, it did work. It did add something to it. And some curly fries. I could go for a C's. That sounds great. And a glass of water. No seltzer water? Uh, I had one with me and I drank it as I was walking in. I don't typically, I don't typically drink seltzer while I'm eating food. Interesting. Kind of a, yeah, I kind of just need like that regular sloshy stuff. Uh, the, I don't know. They're like the, uh, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really drink anything flavored while I'm eating usually. Like if I'm at a restaurant, sometimes I'll get like a cocktail beforehand, but I'm not like, let me get a burger and a beer. I want a burger and water and then I want a beer. I love a burger and a beer. That's my shit. They disagree with each other for me. I guess like bread, like the breadiness of the beverage and the breadiness of the bread together is yeah. this a lot of this a lot of bread happening at once. Yeah, they're like, hey, I was supposed to be the bread here. And the bread's like, no, I was I was supposed to be the bread here. And then they get in a fight in my tummy. Yeah. So you get all bubbly to, and gurgly. Kind of have to space them out. Yeah, so happy Valentine's Day. Hopefully yours is going good. I'm going to be chilling and playing music after this. And that's really all I want for Valentine's day. And also I'm going to run my lines a few more times to make nice. sure I'm good for tomorrow. So many lines, but they're all in there and that's pretty cool. <laughs>
All right, what if we answered some questions? I dig that. Okay. It's going to be a whole range. I mentioned last time, there's like lots of big ones in the backlog. Some of them are pretty heavy. They've been sitting there for two months. So yeah. let's open with one of these. Check Why don't we uh, throw to the, uh, which, who's your character this week? Why don't we throw to... Oh, yeah, I have to do the whole Scottish thing. Donovan or whatever, oh, or Sperm yeah. Whale Donovan. <laughs> Shit, I dicked it up. Uh, yeah, okay, but first, a word from our sponsor. Uh, oh. Oh, 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 I'm trying to make like a whale noise in a, in a Scottish <laughs> accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Scotch Whale Donovan. <laughs> oh. This is like awkward and he's like firing the stuff out of the boat. Oh. When I when I'm not cruising the seven seas scotch style. Oh, you can find me listening to the right now just to wow. into like English. I can't keep this up. Oh no, there's been a terrible accent and my accent is gone, despite the fact that I'm the same character. When I'm not cruising the seas, or rather when I'm cruising long parts of the open ocean, I like to listen to podcasts to keep my whale ears occupied. And I love to listen to the Radio Free Tote Bag podcast, the number one podcast among whales in 2024. Cetaceans love them. And that's a fact. Cetaceans love relation ships nice but not ocean going ships because they get hit by the propeller and it's really sad yeah so anyways i listen to rftb but there's it's a, it's a long way across the ocean and i'm pretty quick but i'm not that quick and i need bonus episodes in order to make the crossing and stay entertained lucky for me you can get a bonus episode each week at a little ocean website called patreon.com slash rftb $5 a month, you get a bonus episode each week and access to over 150 episodes in the backlog. That's more episodes than there are whales in my pod. Patreon.com slash RFTB. Don't be... Uh, wait, no. Patreon.com slash RFTB. Go there on porpoise. Making statements, uh, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why are you asking all them questions? Making statements, uh, oh, 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 butter, butter. <laughs> Whoa! It's the question box. It's the segment of the show where you, the listener, can write in with your questions, your quandaries, your queries, and we're going to do our very best to answer them. How the fuck do I do that? You might be asking yourself, and here's what you're going to do. You're going to do yourself a little favor. You're going to go to our social media, at RFTBpod. On Twitter and Instagram, you're going to go to our website, RFTB.me. You're going to find the Ask a Question link. You're going to bring up a little text box. You'll type your quandary in. No need to make an account. We get it. We read it. You give grist to our mill. How was that? Did you like that? You nailed it. I nailed it's it. An, it's anonymous. It's, it is anonymous. Ugh. That is correct. You have to wear a Guy Fox mask while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, up first, uh, we got this guy. This Expect, uh, expect us. Remember what they said? <laughs> <laughs> expect us. <laughs> <laughs> expect us to answer your question. Oh, here we go. When dating. I seem to struggle with dating other women as a trans woman. 
I honestly have no clue what I've been doing wrong. And that's it. Tell him. Tell him, Donovan. You tell him. <laughs> you seem to struggle with other women as a trans woman. I honestly... Well, it's hard to answer here, listener, because I don't, I can't say what you're doing wrong if I don't know what you're doing. I have no details on zero. Yeah. Do you struggle dating women? No. I mean, as much as I struggle dating, generally. Yeah, women ain't particularly. No, it's not, it's not particularly difficult to date women. It's not any more difficult than dating guys. Um, like, for me... Is it about, hmm, is it about the way that you're approaching things? Are you being enough of a lesbian about it? Are you being really coy with, uh, with your affection and then like pretending that you're not into somebody and then playing that, that mysterious game of like, will they, won't they? Are you playing that properly? Cause that's a game that you play when you're a lesbian. You do that a lot, apparently. Do you have a Subaru? Are you renting a U-Haul? Exactly. Have how how many girls have you been on dates with and then offered to move in with them in the following weeks? Yeah, so really you should be offering to move in with them sooner. That's probably your problem. You don't <laughs> say what you're doing, but I mean I guess that's what the <laughs> issue is here. I mean, I think this we this probably goes to like a confidence thing. A lot of times, if you're worried about not being able to date the kinds of people that you would like to date, it's because you are not filling out your real role confidently enough right yeah like you're not maybe you haven't figured out who you necessarily are all the way yet maybe you haven't figured out the kind of person that you would like to present to the world and so you have to gain that confidence in yourself before you can uh before you can really date that's that's a big uh it's a big part of it right yeah are you out as trans recently too? Like maybe you're yeah. figuring out what dating looks like with that gender identity. Maybe sure. that's different. Uh, write in and tell us what you're doing. However, you wrote this back in uh, May of 2023. So, so maybe you don't listen maybe, anymore. If you do, we love you and we, yeah. we thank you for writing in. Yeah. We, you know, we just get a lot of questions sometimes and shit gets buried. Maybe you figured it out. Maybe you're on, on a Valentine's Day date right now. I hope that's what it is. Maybe Happy you live Valentine's on Lesbos Day. now. That's possible, too. Eating that Lesbosian feta. And you should talk about Kristen Stewart. Oh, <laughs> that fucking uh, that Rolling Stone photo shoot. Oh, <laughs> lesbian magic. Oh, oh. Que, ma que magnifique. Que, C'est magnifique. Oh, would be sick. So... Good luck out there. Thanks for writing in. And if you hear this and you're like, I wrote that in last year, follow up with us. We will remember to answer sooner this time, probably. Maybe. But it's possible not because there are uh, 16 pages of questions. But we've put a dent in them already. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. This is a big one. Hi, Audrey and Dono. Hello. Hey. I got some questions about ADHD, don't okay. we all? And I'm making the text bigger. Uh, but not my, he, him, ADHD, my wife's, she, her, ADHD. Oh, she, her, ADHD, got it. She, her, ADHD. 
I was diagnosed when I was seven, now 28. My wife, on the other hand, was just recently informed she likely has it as well at age 29. I was a little surprised at first. But after thinking on it for a few minutes, it made total sense. My wife struggles with impulse control on things like spending habits and food cravings. She's often late to work in social gatherings and has similar memory issues to me and me. And me. And you. And you, listener. The listener, probably. yeah. <laughs> Having my diagnosis for 20 years has meant I've spent a lot of time examining the ways in which it impacts the way I live and act on a daily basis. However, I won't pretend my methods are perfect. I developed a whole anxiety disorder in an attempt to try to control my ADHD-rattled brain. But the things my wife struggles with have a big impact on me and on our household. I'm going to take, take the glasses off. I don't like how they feel in my head with the headphones. Okay. However, oh, okay. Uh, but the things my wife struggles with have a big impact on me and her household. I do almost all of the chores and cooking. I don't mind this too much because I use the time to listen to podcasts. Like radio but, free topic. But I don't have as much free time as I would have if we split the chores more equitably. The bigger issue is her spending. She spends too much on things we don't need to the point where we don't have any money left over for savings for emergencies, uh, maintenance for our house, and potential trips slash vacations. Part of that spending is also food related. With delivery apps, just a few taps on her phone and she has food from whatever restaurant she was craving at the extra cost of delivery fees and tip. I do want to give her credit, though, because she has cut back on delivery apps from how things used to be. But regardless, I think even once a week in our current financial situation is too much when we have groceries in the house that she could prepare. We have McDonald's at home. My approach to ADHD is simply to deny myself the impulse purchases that I would like to indulge in. I do feel that we'd be in a better financial situation if she denied herself those cravings and impulses. This is especially important because our bills are about to go up due to a huge property tax increase. Ew. And we already don't have a lot of wiggle room in our budget. I know part of the solution is to, quote, just talk to her, but I don't want to come off like I'm explaining her own mental illness to her. At the same time, whoo! At the same time, I sort of feel like I have some standing to do that after 20 years of dealing with the same disorder. I don't want her to resent me for telling her to stop buying the things that make her happy, but I worry about her ability to pay the bills, which could have dramatic consequences. And we're zooming in again, because I still can't read this very well. <clears throat> I brought up some of my concerns around her impulsivity before we knew she had ADHD in an argument over moving to a new house with a bigger mortgage. The move was almost entirely her idea that she had gotten on a whim. Hmm. The argument did not go well. She even asked at one point, why am I still with her if that's how I feel? Put a pin in that one. I got something for that. Yeah. Pin. I ended up agreeing to the move, and I do like the new house much more than the old one, but that fight was one of the worst fights we've ever had, and it was the only time I've thought we might not make it since getting married a few years ago. Her impulsivity has pushed me out of my comfort zone in ways that I know I needed. I just wish she was more responsible. As an ADHD haver, I know it's not always that simple, but it would be nice to see her trying to change her habits now that she knows she has this chemical disadvantage to live with. After everything I've said about my wife so far, I do want to affirm that I love her deeply. 
She's my best friend and she can be an incredibly supportive partner, but she struggles with her disorder in ways that negatively impact us. How do I bring all this up to her? It feels like I need to, given the precarity of our financial situation. We also now know that she has the same disorder that I do, and I do know of strategies that can help with these issues to keep herself accountable. But I worry bringing it up could spark another worst fight we've ever had. Any advice you would have, you have would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. I just farted, and it's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Okay. Uh, you gonna be okay? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm losing consciousness a little bit. <laughs> All right. So uh, the pin that I wanted to put down the the sentence. Then why are you even with me? Yeah. That is a feature of ADHD that you are going to have to get real familiar with real quick because that's rejection sensitive dysphoria. Ooh. Rejection sensitive dysphoria is something that develops in ADHD people, likely, they theorize, because of rejections in childhood. You are irritating as fuck when you have ADHD and you hey. will be you will be it's just fucking true, <laughs> especially when it's untreated and you don't have any coping skills and you don't know how to be in social situations and you just when you're a little yeah. kid. And so you fucking annoy the kids on the playground and they go, hey, get the fuck away from me. And you go, I don't want to. You're my friend. And they go, you're not my fucking friend. Get out of my face. Ow. Um, I had that. I had a lot of that, actually. Um, and I think uh, a lot of people with ADHD maybe have that. Uh, and so you develop this thing called rejection sensitive dysphoria. So you have you are now battling uphill against a feature of ADHD that sucks it's like the worst fucking part of it to my mind it's um like it makes dating harder because you reach out to somebody and you're like i'm into you and they go i'm not into you and you're like well guess i'll die um because <laughs> i put it all on the line and you don't like me and you know it's like it's a fear of being unloved because of things that you can't change about yourself yeah so where you need to go next i think is you need to bring her in on the finances. Be like, hey, come over here. Look at this. That's how much money we have. Like between yeah. the two of us, this is what we got. And this is what we need to buy. And this is what we need. This is the bills. We have X amount of dollars remaining. I would like to put a percentage of that away uh, for a rainy day and start building up a savings because we need to have that in case Audrey crashes into our car. <laughs> We need to have that. <laughs> yeah. So like bring her in on this and have her see the numbers and know because the way you're describing it, it's a dire situation. Yeah. And like if it's if it's that serious of a situation, bring her in on the numbers, have her see exactly what the impact is, because I don't know if, if she does anything with the finances or not, but like. It's it'll still be easy to press the buttons on the app, but you'll have that extra layer of, oh, fuck, we're fucked if I do this. Yeah, um, I, th I yeah. think that's important to demonstrate. Hey, here's the thing I'm talking about. So it's not like an abstract thing because I don't I don't do well with abstract shit because ADHD. <laughs> yeah, I also do not. A big thing here, though, is, yeah, you have experience of dealing with this. That's good and helpful. You got to approach this person in the right way, though, because I think 
It might not even just be people with ADHD. I think it's people generally, you know, sometimes people often know when they're fucking up. People often mm-hmm. know, well, if I'm ordering food several times a week, that's not good financially. This is not a great way to be doing things. But they feel a bunch of shame about it, and they feel yeah. paralyzed to change. You know? And then what do you want? Treats when you feel bad. Yeah, and you kind of just get into that cycle, you, you, or you, you, know, you get avoidant of investigating the finances and seeing if it's fucking you up. If you go to her and you're just like, your impulsivity has pushed me out of my comfort zone. You piece of shit. No, (laughs) I just quoted the first line that I saw in there. If, if you go just talk to her and you're like, you gotta stop doing this. You're fucking up our finances or whatever. It might just kick off the shame spiral or she gets defensive or whatever the fuck. Why are you even with me then? Yeah, Once again. that that thing comes up. You got to come to this starting with what Audrey said. Listen, we're trying to put aside money for X, Y, and Z reason. We want to go on this trip or we want to have, you know, this uh, safety net, you know, after we moved into this place that's more expensive, like we got to rebuild our stuff. Um, I understand you, you know, you gotten diagnosed with this stuff recently. I've been dealing with this you know, for, for a long time. And I'm not trying to come at you by saying any of this, but, and it's the two things it's the, you know, we, we got to find ways to not be spending so much money on food. Here's come with some kind of strategy of like, yeah. Well, if we make fucking do a meal prep and freeze a bunch of shit during the week so that if you want something on the spot and you don't feel like making something, boom, chuck it in the microwave. Yeah. There's something. The other part is the the chores thing you say hey we got a bunch of chores to do around the house and i feel like i'm doing kind of the majority of these and it's burning me out a little bit and like i also struggle with motivation or remembering to do stuff and all of that my strategy for that is i need like a consistent routine and consistent things that i know i'm gonna do I feel like we got to do that same thing for you. What do you feel like you could help with? You know, I, I love you. I don't mean this is an attack on you. I just need your help in this situation. Like as much as you can frame it as a collaborative thing and not an attack on her and be nice about it. But instead of like, you need to do the dishes more. Like I, I really need help with the chores. It's, it's, it's getting to me. That's huge. I need help. Yeah, because she's going to want to help. She's going to want to do that. She's not going to want to do the dishes more, but she is going to want to help you. Yeah. Um, So framing it that way is very helpful. Um, Another thing I want to highlight a creator on YouTube does a channel called How to ADHD. Uh, Mm. Just chock a block with strategies and shit. It's actually it's the way that my therapist diagnosed me when I got my ADHD diagnosis, she goes, Hey, do you want to watch a video? And I was like, okay. And she puts this on. And by the end, it's like explaining ADHD and what it, how it affects you in your day to day. It's just basically her talking about her experiences. And by the end of it, I'm sobbing. Damn. And she goes, and I go, yeah. So. I got diagnosed, well, they tried to diagnose me as a kid in the early 2000s with some kind of machine 
and you had to like track a light that was bopping around in the machine to see if you could pay attention. And I thought that was the coolest shit in the world. So I aggressively paid attention and they were like, yeah, your kid doesn't have ADHD. Oh, they so you could, killed it. <laughs> they could, they could check out, they could watch the laser thing flop around. That's that so is, stupid. As an adult, not as an adult, as a teenager, uh, during my uh, real bad stretch where I had to go to inpatient and stuff, I was at my therapist's uh, office, and the first time I was in there, he had a pen on the table, and I popped it out and like disassembled it and put it back together. And he was like, everybody who comes through here with ADHD disassembles and reassembles that pen. You're, you know, you're yeah. ex- displaying some symptoms of this, of this yeah. business. Uh, I tried to get, they tried to diagnose me with it when I was seven, eight years old, very young. Uh, I got pulled out of classes and taken to the school psychiatrist and they uh, did a little test on me and then they called my parents and they're like, your kid has attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. My mother said, no, the fuck they do not (laughs) because you're going to put them on drugs and you're going to ruin their life and make them a little zombie. Yeah. No gonna help me do my fucking schoolwork and pass school and not be a fucking disaster (laughs) but now i'm before you a beautiful disaster (laughs) yeah i wish there would have been a clearer intervention but i kind of i I figured most of my shit out but i still deal with lots of stuff i'm not too hot (laughs) in a lot of ways i'm kind of get like i don't give myself any credit of course but um yeah, better than I was, doing better than I was for sure. But I still, I struggle with a lot of the classic ADHD shit. I do not want to pan this camera around this room right now. I don't want to do it. <laughs> not doing it. Can't make me. Um, there's, a, there's a pygmy sperm whale on the floor. Just flapping. flapping. Just flapping around. For weeks. You <laughs> gotta get the helicopter with the big tarp on a winch and haul them out of there. <laughs> Nobody likes doing it, but you you have to do it. You have to haul the sperm whale. I really like that for ADHD. Actually, you gotta haul the sperm whale yeah, out of you your bedroom. Haul the sperm whale. Um, but yeah, it, it's an adjustment thing, and just don't be too hard on your partner. But just you know, and try. recognize, like. You took it took you this long to get where you are with it. And she's fresh. She's brand new. She has she has had no idea that she had this particular monkey on her back all this time. So you will have to cut her some slack because she will fuck it up. So like when she, you know, overspends, just like bring her back to. I mean, yeah, sure. It's a you know, I don't like that that happened. I'm not excited that you that you overspent in that way. But like, how can we move forward from that rather than like recriminations or like you fucking did this to me? We don't have any money because of you. Like yeah, that doesn't yeah. help. Yeah. Um, there is also a world where this just straight up doesn't work out. And I hope that's not the case. Um, but if somebody's, you know, jumping to why am I even still, why are you even still with me? When you criticize like, hey, it's kind of on a whim that we're moving to this place that costs more money that we can't necessarily afford. That's not good. So as part of this also, like, it can't be all you who's quote unquote fixing her 
She's got to put in the effort. Her. Absolutely. She does, but but like also, if you got insurance and stuff, she got to get like some kind of therapy. Like, how'd she get diagnosed? Is she yeah. still is she doing therapy and stuff? Do couples therapy, given that you're both dealing with this and it impacts both of you. Yeah. Maybe there's somebody specializing in two people what got mental disorders that, you know, can kind of trigger each other and stuff. Specifically ADHD, probably, maybe. So I'm just saying that in part because you kind of need you might need somebody to like guide her and give her techniques that isn't you. Because yeah. if it's you, it can you know, it's an attack. You know, and the other part of it, it's like you're talking about already being exhausted by all this shit and being run ragged by all the stuff. Putting ADHD counselor on your resume as well. Yeah, it's brutal. Brutal. It's too, it's too much shit, and then you get burned out, and then everything's kind of more prone to to falling apart, and we we don't want that. Um, it's also it's kind of a life stage difference thing, right? Like if you're, it's true. If you have Problem- the same thing and you're working through different stages of it, problematic ADHD, ADHD years gap. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, keep that in your quiver. Yeah. Like but, we wish uh, you we luck. Yeah. We wish you luck. We don't want that to happen. I don't want no. this to come to a close, but if it does have to, it does have to. And you gotta, yeah. You gotta fucking press this button. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I really don't like the why are you, then why are you with me? That's such a shitty like deflection. I don't I, that that sucks. That's a shitty. I can hear those somebody. words coming out of my mouth, and it like horrifies me to think yeah. that I could get there. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I, mean, I know exactly. Malicious. I think I know exactly where she is. Yeah. Um, it's a low point, but it's, she she can come back. She can come back from this. And it's a bunch of shame around it. Yeah, it's just what a lot of this needs to be. And it might take a million reminders and a million caveats when you explain stuff. But as this is an indictment of you as a person, you're not a fuck up. But, you know, I we got to work together on doing these things. And I do I need you to take me at my word that I do want to be with you. Otherwise, I would not be here, basically. I can introduce a term or a saying that a friend of mine in my workplace gave me. Don't attack each other. Attack the problem. Nice. Oh, oh. That's some, oh, that's some good shit. Shit. That's some good shit. Let's get another one. Let's um, scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. Also, that was like two months ago. Give us a give us an update. Follow up on this if you if you want to. Yeah, I do want to update there. Hi, Audrey and Donovan. What's up? Thanks for addressing my question. New crush with lots of caveats. Okay. I went ahead and decided to shoot my shot a few days ago, and essentially she is saying what you two are saying. If there's any potential more for something more here, it will take a lot more time. That, and she is intimidated by the age gap, which I totally understand. In a sense, we are in somewhat similar stages. Her starting college, me starting HRT, both being on exciting new journeys. She is further into HRT while I am just starting. But since I'm definitely moving too fast, I'll take a big step back and let her bring up the topic of a more intimate relationship if she does so in the future or leave it be. We're still on good terms, and I'm definitely going to remember to cherish what I have and manage my expectations here. Thanks. 
This was a, this is from September. This was a follow up on a question. I know who this is in the Discord. We I talked think so about too. This. In yeah. the Discord, um, but I guess we gotta we gotta knock it off the list here. Yeah, we gotta get out of there. That seems like good resolution to it because I think that was the situation of like I got a crush on this person and we're talking a lot, but there's a bunch of life. She's stage a little younger. She lives really far away. Yeah. Yeah, and we were like, hey, that's a lot to deal with at once trying to start up a new relationship maybe take a step back so i'm glad that you did and you're still on good terms and uh rock on let's read another one let's read another (laughs) do you want me to read another one or do you want to read another one uh you can pick another one okay i'm still wounded from we reading the the page long one (laughs) yeah fair enough i keep keep being like (laughs) what kind of nuts do you like is it cashews (laughs) <laughs> you're like here's 45 paragraphs are pouring my heart out i'm like which characters are you romancing in Baldur's gate um let's see get one of the other long ones okay let's see Ab- above the highlighted one i did that starts with cw family chaos and suicide okay cw family I've... chaos and suicide so we're gonna put a content warning for both family chaos and, and suicide suicide Advance to 65 minutes, 50 seconds to avoid suicide talk. Not the band. It's the family chaos and suicide. So, <laughs> uh, content warming family chaos and suicide. Hello, illustrious and beloved hosts. What's up? So, Thank you. Uh, how do you go no contact with a parent who straight up tried to kill themselves last time you went no contact? My mom is severely, deeply traumatized children. My mom is a severely and deeply traumatized child in an adult suit. What's that? Is several. Oh. I can't read. My mom is several deeply traumatized children in an adult suit. Also, a selfish piece of garbage. Also a fun hang. (laughs) Also a pretty bad parent. I have plans to move one country over in about six months time, a long time of sadness and stress after a long time of sadness and stress in my hometown. My dad died, which is why I can maybe afford to leave. He was kind of a dick sometimes, but he loved me and he was very deliberately my parent. My mom was abused as a kid and has insane attachment issues. Five A's. Five A's. She pretty early on sacrificed our parent-child relationship so we could become BFFs. We partied together. Both mine and my siblings' first time doing cocaine was with our mom before (laughs) age 17. Oh, no. I was her confidant. I was her... It was codependent as hell. I started pulling away as I got older and realized how much she was hurting me by placing so much responsibility on me. She had left suddenly when I was 10, and I'd been chasing her affection so long I didn't realize how deep in a hole I was until it was too late. My previous last straw was when she sent my very dying of cancer dad a poison letter, the gist of which was, you are going to need to work harder to make our kid talk to me because they're going to need me when you're gone. Jesus. And I broke off all contact until the day after my dad died. Immediately regretted opening that door, though. (laughs) LMAO. (laughs) Read my main question. This week I sent off the paperwork. Uh, I need to start the ball rolling over moving away. Plus, when I called my mom to tell her the good news, she responded to me by telling that, telling me that when I stopped speaking to her the last time, she had left a phone call with me and entirely tried to kill herself. 
Purely in the context of my lived experiences, this would have been an easily interpretable emotional blackmail threat situation, but she has also recently acquired a brain injury, so I have no idea what level her manipulation is even at what level her manipulation is even conscious anymore. Plus, it makes me feel so guilty and so insane. How do I grab the first future I've seen for myself and leave, knowing that there is not a significant chance that my mom will become knowing that there is a not insignificant chance that my mom will become isolated and unalive the moment I'm far enough away from her. Is she still being careless and fucking with me? Am I doomed to parent my parent forever? Does she actually care about me or is it more about what my continued proximity suggests to her re her parenting skills? Regards autistic as fuck plus generationally traumatized. UKPS. I changed my name this year because I found out I was named after my mom's childhood best friend who died by suicide in the care home they grew up in. I wouldn't have minded so much if I had known about this person at any point in my previous 33 years of being alive. It has contextualized a bunch of my mom's weird friend, not parent shit though. So I guess there's that PPS. Sorry if this is too much to untangle. Love you. Appreciate you. Autistic as fuck, plus intergenerationally traumatized, plus uh, owned, plus ratio, plus ratio. Yeah, that was dog dog shit. I had to set a light in a little bit because holy shit, homie. Yeah, that's that's a lot. This is so much. Um, Yeah. Check this out. You, under no circumstances, should have to carry this burden at all times of having to second guess your relationship and deal with the weird emotional blackmail and deal with threats of her killing herself because you want to get out of this place that seems like just like a black hole of despair and, and bad shit. And like, I think you're making the right decision, leaving a million percent and good on you for getting up the momentum to do that because it's really hard to leave this kind of situation. There is a 100% chance that she's going to keep guilting you for it and threaten to kill herself and say it's your fault because you moved and all of this shit. And you clearly at least care about her, you know, enough that you're writing this in and you know, you're, you don't want any of that stuff to happen. Uh, But that is not your responsibility and it's not fucking fair for you to make all your life choices contingent on, on your mom. And it's not fair that she went through all the shit that she did and is in the situation she's in, but that it's not your responsibility. You have to take care of yourself and clearly being in the situation is putting you in a really rough spot, you know, preventing you from, from doing what you want with life. Um, And you're traumatized. Like, Holy shit. Your mom's doing coke with you before you were 17 and just like growing up in a household with this kind of person, you know, all joking aside, because on the one hand, like it, it's cartoonish. It, it It's funny, you know, there's an element to which something like this is so out there that it's funny, but it's also deeply fucking dark. And, you know, it's one thing to be like, my parent beat me up as a kid and I've got a bunch of trauma about that because it's not funny at all. It's not crazy whoa like zany stuff that's just dark and obvious and it sucks when you have a parent like this who like is a good hang and probably is pretty fun to be around sometimes and is just funny and uh you know a a character and all of this stuff it can be easy to write it off as just like 
well, you know, my mom's just kind of nuts. That's a crazy thing to go to, but through, but I, I'm okay. And you know, you mentioned that you're intergenerationally traumatized. Like you, you've got a handle on that. This, this fucked you up. But what I'm, what I'm getting at, like if your if your mom was beating your ass as a kid constantly, you would get the fuck out of there with no qualms. If she said, "I'm going to kill myself if you move away," you would say, "Fuck you! You abused you me say. for my entire childhood." Yeah, great. Yeah, this person also abused you for your entire childhood. It sounds like, and again, it doesn't it doesn't mean. You, you stop caring you know you do it doesn't mean you just turn that off and all of that stuff's easy but this is one of those really tough things that you kind of have to hold two things at once on the one hand you got empathy for her it sucks that she went through what she did um but on the other hand she fucked with you and continues to yeah. fuck with you and that's yeah. not fair and that's how this shit gets perpetuated and uh you shouldn't have to deal with any of this and just again it is not your responsibility this is like a breakup where the person's like i'm going to kill myself if you break up with it's me. exactly like that it's not your responsibility and that is sick and unfair of them to put you in that right. situation where you have to like weigh that into your life plans and to making the choices you need to, to to be in a good place yeah just because she created you doesn't mean she gets to emotionally blackmail you in that way and make it your responsibility for her potential decision to end her own life. Not your responsibility. Um, everybody who was traumatized as a child deserved better than what they got. But we all got what we got. Right? Yep. So you got to take what you have and keep it and don't give it back don't fucking let her take what you have and what you have is an opportunity to get the fuck away and start a new life and live exactly the kind of life that you want to live and you you literally owe her not a thing she you you came screaming out of the void against your will yep. and you're here and you just got to do what's best for you because she's an adult, too. Yep. You know, each of us is responsible for ourselves and we can take care of each other when we need help. But. She's not in a position to be helped, even, it seems. Like, At least and not it's not and again, it's not your responsibility to help her. Yeah. So. And that yeah. sucks and is dark. You know, I don't think there's just a clean, there's no clean, easy answer to this. Like you said, like, yeah, there's a not insignificant chance she'll kill herself. There's also a not insignificant chance that she won't. And when she realizes that she can't kind of control you with threats like that, then she fucks off and stops doing that. But, yeah. you know, your options are either to engage with that and then she knows it works. And she's going to keep doing it because right. it sounds like she's always right. been doing it. Or you leave and let her figure that shit out by herself. And it's it's awful that you have to deal with any of this. It's awful you have to consider any of this stuff or worry about her because you still care about her because she's your mom, even though she's treated you like shit. It's understandable to still care because it's your fucking mom, you know? Yeah. Um, but... I, I, it's a hundred percent the best thing for you to get away. And I think there's the, the solid chance. It's the best thing for her also. Yeah. 
Because what if you what are we gonna stay and fucking take care of her and she's gonna improve? It sounds like she hasn't done any of that while you've been there. Right. It sounds like she's not making any effort to seek help for this stuff and except for guilting you into well, oh, you're have to be here to help me, which isn't actually asking for help. It's just a control tactic that she's exerting on you for some reason, probably just linked to the fucking mess of trauma that's going on here. It's a fucking mess, but I think you're making the right choice and I would encourage you to stick to that. And, you know, if you want to the best of your abilities, be like, I have to do this to, for my own sake, I can connect you with people who could help, could point you in the right direction, but I can't, I I can't stabilize your life. I can't give away my life to stabilize you and again it's not even fucking stabilizing her these are weird abusive manipulation tactics even if she's not intentionally trying to do that like it's what right. this is like she was fucked up like she mm-hmm. had a fucked up childhood apparently group homes shit like that fucking hard life and it's just like it's just like with I'll get a little personal about my uh, a little bit of my traumatic upbringing, which is not much compared to yours, if I may say so. But like <clears throat> I spent vast swaths of time completely unsupervised and alone, like during real vital, important times, just isolated entirely. And I feel like that kind of fucked me up because I don't do well on my own anymore. And like, yeah. It's hard. It's really fucking hard because the reason I was alone for such vast swaths of time is because both of my parents were working backbreaking full-time jobs to pay for the house that they needed to keep all the kids in. Yeah. You know, to pay for the shit we needed for school to pay for, to feed us and like all the shit that they had to do to keep us afloat. And they tried, but they fucked me up. Like, I'm fucked up in certain ways. And she tried, but she fucked you up. And so now you have to do what you have to do to unfuck yourself. And I think a good portion of that is going to be getting the hell away from this situation and, and leaving her to her own devices. Like, I don't know what kind of like, I don't know if you're like supporting her financially. I don't know what her like financials look like or whatever. Um, that's on her. She's got to figure that shit out for herself. And I, I genuinely think that this could be something of a wake up call. Even this could be like, wow, my kid fucking bailed on me. Why? Why did they do that? Oh, cause they're an awful child. There's a couple ways they could take that. They could either be like, oh, they're off. You know, you're awful. Uh, you know, you never loved me. Uh, and so you left me. And then they fall to despair or they could take it as, wow, I'm really fucked up and I need to unfuck myself. Hopefully it's the latter. Hopefully it's the latter. Either way, it's, it's not your responsibility because there just, there is no clean way out of this. Right. If you wait until she's in a good spot, it sounds like she's never going to be in a good spot. And she will, she's not making any progress on it with you there. So why drain you know, your life plans and everything to keep doing this thing that she's not making any progress on. So I, I would hope it forces that of her out of this as well. 
but yeah, like you said, there's there's the potential that's not going to be the case, and that's sad, and that's fucking awful. But the alternative of sticking around is also awful. Right. You, you got to do the thing that's good for you and break this fucking cycle. And good on you for arranging to do all this stuff and navigating all of this stuff and having yeah. plans to get out at all. Like, Jesus, that's such a hard situation to come out of. And fucking, We're fucking proud of you. you. Yeah. We're fucking proud of you. Genuinely. God damn. So I'm sorry you're dealing with all this stuff. Give us an update. Uh, you know, when you move and everything, and hopefully that's a, a lot of weight off of you. I would also encourage you... You know, given that in like a healthy family dynamic, a lot of it is you want your mom there for support. You want somebody who's there, who's in your corner, who is somebody you can count on. And you don't have that from this person. And so not only are you dealing with her shit, you also don't have the support that you should be getting from her. Yeah. I would encourage you, whoever kind of your chosen family in your life is, whatever friends you got or people you can you know, commiserate with and ha make sure you're getting support from people is what I'm, is what I'm getting at. Cause you shouldn't have to go through this shit alone and you deserve somebody just to bring you a fucking cup of tea or something For going God's through sake. this. This is so fucking brutal. So I hope part of the move here is maybe you got friends in the place you're going to or something like this. Just even if it's texting or phone call, just make sure you're talking to somebody and you got some people in your corner and also people to tell you like, hey, it's this. She's blackmailing you. That's fucking crazy. You're not obligated to do this. Just a sanity check the whole situation. Yeah. Fucking hell. Sorry it took two months to get to that one. Yeah. I've glanced over it a million times and oftentimes with a guest, I'm like, oh, I can't open on that one. It's too long or it's too heavy or fuck. Now we're at the end of the episode. So I've been meaning to get to these. Likewise to ADHD question. Thank you for writing these big ones in. Yeah. We appreciate you trusting us with asking about this kind of thing. Yeah. And I hope some of what we said has helped in any way because I haven't been in this intense of a situation, but I've been in some pretty fucking awful traumatic and mental health situations. And uh, I don't know. I'm honored that somebody would write to us and be like, hey, these these people could help these people are, yeah. are thoughtful enough to address this so genuinely thank you for writing all of this in so surely truly let's hit one more stupid one let's do a dumb one donovan find something stupid and i'm highlighting this one red because we're gonna take it off the list and then i'm gonna read another question because I'm going to read another question. And this is what it it's going to be. I keep like looking at ones and they're also kind of dark. And I, I can't. Can you hear that? Nice. Yeah. Did you, have you, I've been farting the whole time. You, are you hearing it? Or are you nah. pretty stealthy? Yeah, kind of silenced. Yeah, I got a suppressor on my butthole. <laughs> it just comes off as a. That's the sound it makes when I nut. Um. Hey, wait, no, shit. This is kind of, it's kind of dark. Also, no, it's okay. It's not that dark. We can, we can do this. Uh, uh. Fuck! Oh, I'm getting paralyzed. Okay. Hello, do Western the... Kabuki Podcast. Damn it! Nope. Not that one. Not wait, us. Th there's. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Western Kabuki Podcast. Yeah. 
wrong wrong number sorry <laughs> i am nearing the end of a leave of absence from my high stress job and i'm realizing that i don't have any motivation to do anything anymore i haven't looked at other jobs and i really haven't done much of anything that isn't leisure because i simply do not have the willpower to do so i have never been a self-starter and I only get motivated when doing things for others. Considering that I am unhappy in this job, but I'm incapable of changing things, should I stick with it? Try to find something new. Thank you very much. At the top, you are not incapable of changing things. Straight up. Uh, you're falling down a, a little wormhole that I have fallen down so many times. Probably an ADHD thing. That's like... You're in a high pressure situation and you're exhausted and you know there's a path you could take to fix it, but you just, you can't, for whatever reason, you don't start doing it. You don't start doing applications. You don't start the chores, whatever the fuck it is that you have to do. And the more that you do that every time you're like, fuck, I should have done that a month ago. I am a fuck up. Everything's going to fall apart. Blah, 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 blah. You paralyze yourself with all of the shame and the fucking stress around it. And how the fuck are you supposed to start something new when you're stressed the fuck out like that and you're exhausted and you're being mean to yourself? So you're at the point where you're like, well, I guess I just can't do this stuff. And as soon as you are saying that as an essential quality of yourself, of course you can't do that because you're never going to try to do it because you're just going to say, I can't do this thing. So I guess I'll keep doing the job that's killing me or I'll avoid stuff until everything falls apart, whatever. You're 100% capable of changing things. You just need a little structure or a way to attack the the problem um, to kind of see some tangible results and like not get overwhelmed and burned out immediately. So like in this case, you're unhappy in this job. It's taking up a lot of your energy. Is your resume up to date? You got an hour at some point that you could get yourself like a special seltzer and a little snack of some kind go set up in a sunny coffee shop and you're going to hang out for a bit. Maybe you read at the beginning and then you're like, okay, I'm going to listen to a podcast that I like or throw on an album that I've been meaning to listen to. And I'm just going to throw this shit in the resume real quick. Do you think you can do that? You try to just, what is a small initial step? You don't have to do job applications. You don't have to have everything locked down. Just can you, can you update your resume? Because as soon as you got that resume updated, start shooting it off to people. But don't think about Ooh, that yet. Yeah. That's not where you are now. Yep. First step, get that resume put together. Get it get it updated. Get it going. Uh, and then you can start doing things like sending off job applications. Or maybe even like look at a different position in the same company. Is that also a possibility? That's Find a something possibility. a little maybe more suited to what you want to do in your life. Um, always a possibility. Also, um, bring don't in spend other seven people. years at Kohl's. Don't, don't do seven do years at Kohl's. Yeah, don't do. It sounds like a movie title. Seven years. Seven years at Kohl's. Ah, uh, fuck. I think it's because I'm thinking of like ten years a slave or whatever that's called, and that's not. It's not a is great. That, is that seven? Twelve years? years a slave. Twelve years a slave. It might be twelve. It might be twelve. It's something years a slave. And there I is probably a, should make a, a joke lyric in a song that goes seven years of plenty and seven years of slave is that like the wedding tradition <laughs> something plenty something slave um 
what I'm getting at is just try to what's it's the I'm going to get at the momentum thing I've talked about with depression and ADHD, the way I conceptualize it and work through it is you got to build up momentum. You can't just get a new job. And if you try to approach it like that, it's going to be overwhelming and you're not going to be able to start. Just find what's one fucking thing you could do in a day. It's going to even if it's a five minute thing, just opening a resume template, finding the file of your resume and opening it and seeing where it's at. You don't even have to fucking change it yet. Just something to get the ball rolling. And then you give yourself credit for that win. And then what's the next step? Okay, we got the fucking file open. We can edit and everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put... I'm going to write a paragraph of what's my, what's my job experience. I'm going to make those bullet points. I'm going to draft it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to go into the resume. Just get the ideas out there. Just start doing those little things. And the giving yourself credit part is really important because you kind of need to take that moment to be like, I wasn't doing anything and now I am doing something. I'm capable yes. of doing something. 100% that. As soon as you abdicate your ability to act i can't do anything about it then you can't then you cannot once you once you have accepted that as the case fact of the matter is you can you fully can people change jobs all the time people um get out of bad relationships people move away from their abusive mother people start people do these things dating advice podcast with their yeah because your fucking homie that you play video games with is like you got a microphone you want to make a microphone all of a sudden people are writing in about their abusive moms and shit and you have a responsibility to your listeners and whatever it's pretty cool it's pretty but- cool you can make shit happen in your life and uh i'm here to fucking light fire under your ass i want you to send me because you said you can't you can't do it for yourself right so i want you to send me 25 dollars if you fucking write in i will send you my venmo you owe me 25 bucks a week you gotta get out there and get a better job so that you can afford to send me Jesus Christ. They said, they can do it for, they said they can do it for themselves. Yeah. So you got to do it for somebody. Yeah. You got to find a new job so that you can keep up your, you can help Audrey out with 25 bucks a month. Yeah. It'd be sign really up, helpful yeah. to me. Sign up for the Patreon. Sign up for the, okay. For yeah. Us. We'll do it. We'll launder it through the Patreon, but that's really, that's for, for me. Put a poster up with our pictures on it and it says, do it for them. <laughs> like, like the Nagy like system. Um, but that was my, that's my like one big thing is just getting the ball rolling and Truly. not doing the whole, oh, I couldn't do the whole thing. I'm a fuck up. Just no, you, you said you couldn't do anything and you fucking did something. Yeah. And then you start doing a little bit more and it gets easier as time goes on. You just got to build that habit and get the fucking ball moving and it takes time and that's okay. The other thing is if you're really struggling on doing stuff, I think part of the reason maybe you have an easier time doing something for somebody else is because there's some accountability there. You know, something's going to happen to them. Something's not going to work out for them. Then you're like, I can't let that happen. And so you, you do it when it's just you, you can kind of make excuses. And if there's consequences, you have to deal with the consequences. And so, you know, it's not like it's fucking somebody else up. You can kind of accept that if that's easier to do, at least be perceive it as easier to do than making a change or whatever. Um, so don't do this alone is the other thing. Message a friend. You messaged us and we're, you know, sign up for the Patreon. 
<laughs> it's it's kind of a joke, but the con the concept is there. Like message a friend and be like, I'm really struggling in this job. I think I need to get out of this. I don't know where to start. I'm having trouble motivating myself. See if you got a friend who would go to the coffee shop with you and is going to hang out with you and make yeah. sure you're going to do that first part of the resume or they're going to help you proofread it. They're going to give you tips on writing it, whatever the fuck you need. Find find somebody in your life that you can have a little support, a little accountability with. Even if this isn't a thing for them, they can kind of make it a thing for them by being like, I am your friend and I care about you and I would be happier if you were doing better and made this change. So you got to make this change for me, for you. You got to make this change for you, for me. Yeah. Maybe Some combination of out. those words. Something like that. Um, hey, you want to look over my resume when we're done? <laughs> I, I got to spruce up the resume for uh, uh, transferring jobs. Yeah, so I'll try trying, to, trying to transfer. Um, yeah, but yeah, this the, like if you deal with motivation stuff on its own, that's tough. If you are drained because of this high stress job, it's even fucking it's even fucking tougher. So I do think you should get out of this. You're unhappy. I think you should get out of it. I think you should try to find something new. So do try the things that we said, basically. Let but the first clear. step is you letting go of let go of that I'm incapable of changing things thing. Because that's not let true. Be clear. You're not. You're not. Listen to Barack. <laughs> Listen Woo! to Barack. Woo! We fucking did it. We did four questions. <laughs> listen to Barack, bitch. Like, listen to this track, bitch, whoever says that. No, I don't know that one. Isn't there some some producer or something, like mid-2000s rap, I'm feeling like, that they would open with, listen listen to this track, bitch. Is that like a, um, it's like a producer tag, like a Mike Will made it kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no hands. Oh, it's it's I think it's a Waka Flocka Waka Flocka thing. Listen okay. to this track, bitch. Waka Flocka for president, twenty twenty four. Oh, it's on no hands. It opens with uh, listen to this track, bitch. Listen to this track, bitch. Girl, the way you moving got me in a trance. DJ, turn me up, ladies. It's your jam. Um. I kind of remember that song. I don't actually yeah, entirely know what the tune I'm is. I'm Moscato while you remove your yeah, pants. Yeah. And I'm going to throw this money while you're doing with <laughs> no hands. Ah, drop it to the floor. That track uh, rips, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty fucking good. Hell yeah, walk a There were all kinds of house remixes and shit. That, was like, that song was really popping when I was DJing. So like everyone was playing like remixes and covers and shit. That fucking thing. Yeah, it came out 2020. 2020. 2020. Came out, yeah. Came out in 2020. 2020. That's when I was really kicking ass. Um, this, yeah, this is definitely some shit that I heard in. I actually God, had a I was, friend of. I was a somewhat influential local DJ 12 years ago. That's pretty cool. And now we're somewhat influential podcasters. Hell yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, okay, we did four questions, but two of them were super, super long. That's true, ones. so they count for two each. They count so for it's like we did six. Maybe even three each. And so it's like we did however many that is. Eight. Math. Quick maths. 
quick maps. Hey, we this is another super size episode. Thank you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Audrey and Donovan, for the super sized episode. <laughs> super size me. Call super me, size me. Call me that guy, because call the episode Morgan Spurlock. Okay, call this episode Morgan Spurlock because we supersized it. No, there was the thing about cum at the beginning that I think is gonna be the episode title. I was just making like, uh, call me Barack Obama because I'm being clear. I was just using that kind of for it. Call me. Cool, cool. Call me a bag of rubber bands the way I have a bunch of bands. Like fucking bands around the money or whatever. Fucking no. A bag of rubber bands the way I have a lot of bands. Do, do the shout outs. Start the shout outs, please. Call me like call me Lollapalooza the way I got all these bands. That's something. <laughs> thank you for listening to the got program. Got more bands than Lollapalooza. That's how you do that one. That, thank you for listening to this program. We appreciate y'all. We'll be back with a guest next week. Yep. Who's pretty cool. No spoilers. And uh, we appreciate everybody who writes in. And we appreciate everybody who listens. And we appreciate even a little bit more the people who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash RFTB. Get a bonus episode each week. $5 a month. And you get Discord access. And we mail you a sticker. And there's like 150 plus episodes in the backlog. That's the deal of the century. Tell you that much. But for $10 a month, you get all of that. We shout your name out in lights. I think we need to stop saying we're shouting out in between each person. Yeah. Because this list is huge now. Yeah. It made sense when there were five, and we appreciate how many of you there are, but I think we got to start speed running. Getting a little per- long in the tooth. Okay, so we're going to go when name. there's a guest, and they got to yeah, camp out when we're going through this. I always feel bad. <laughs> All right, so it's going to be name, 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 name. We're back. Name, we'll ping right? pong it. We'll okay, ping got pong. it. I'm still going to say this one. We begin as we do with Anemone. Anthony Limburg. A pigeon in Chicago. Our lovely day one Barb. Ryan Alflord is good, actually. My own dad. Whack, whack, duck, Duncan. Our friend Dylan. My metamore Gigi. Inflatable dream. K, friggin' money. Laser McGraw has been automatically assigned to Team Red. <laughs> <laughs> Mal Criada. MC Proletariat. Mickey Flykick. Pablo Hummus. Rico Suave. Riley Custer. <laughs> Wait, just Riley. Right. Well, episode 105, the Yellow Rose of Toteland. Ryan, rich homie, click clack. Spreadable fruit. <laughs> Super deformed. Synth mage. <laughs> the oh. worst of all possible worlds. <laughs> there we go. Tough did tip mouse. Everyone knows it's Wendy. <laughs> Last but not least, tweet, tweet, it's Ren. <laughs> See, we can still do bits. Yeah, 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 we, we can, can still do bits. Do bits. It's, it's good. The, we're, sh- the, we're shouting out, that like doubles the list. Yeah. But then every time we would do it for one, and I was like, well, I can't just not do it for the other ones now. They're going to feel sad. That's true. Thank you for supporting us at the $10 level. You truly are. The, the wind, wind beneath, our, beneath wings. our wings. The wind beneath the our wind wings. Beneath That's our perfect. Wings. It's actually, Shit. the syllables are perfect. That's Fuck. Sick. Missed it. 
Shout outs. Wait, no. Plugs, 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 oh, plugs, plugs. I was on every podcast you listened to <laughs> yeah, last week. Were. I was on Worst yeah, Week Yet. Were. I was on Self Worst and I was on Library Punk in addition to a new episode of Data Transfer Dropping. So listen to those shows. Check them all out. That rocks. Um, I don't know if I can announce this yet, so I won't. I, okay, I'm going to be, it. I'm working on, uh, probably, well, don't I'm say it. Do it. Yeah, okay. Just keep don't an eye on it. I, I've got, I have another show. Some in the pipeline. Coming. Something's in the pipeline. Keep your, keep your ear to the ground. And while you're keeping your ear to the ground, you can listen to the music that I make, uh, soundcloud.com slash RFTB pod for all your outro music needs. That's what's up. That's what's Fuck. up. What? I keep what hitting that? The, I keep hitting the metal part of the headphone. It's like raised. I keep smacking it on the fucking How? pop filter. I don't it's know. Unpre- I don't that's know. unprecedented. I've done it like twice this episode and many others. It's not unprecedented. I thought it was really it? loud. I'm glad it's not really loud. Yeah, I, I, I guess this is, this is attached to the mic's like isolated from the thing. I yeah, it's got the little rubber band shit. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Thanks. Bye.